Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking, the podcast giving you a new way to look at food, cook it and share it. This is Virginie, your host, and every Thursday I'm publishing a new episode, a solo cast or interviewing a food expert to share our experiences and tips to simplify your cooking. Hello everyone, this is Virginie, your host, and today my guest is Abe Lambert, the Director of Education at Cuesa, who is going to share with us her perspective on food in episode 9. So Cuesa is the Center for Urban Education about Sustainable Agriculture. I'm, uh, I'm really curious about what is it that um, you offer? What, uh, what programs are you in charge of as the Director of Education at Cuesa? Yeah, so we have a whole suite of programs. Um, I just wanted to back up a second. My name is Ave. Um, it's Spanish. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that was, um, yeah, and I'm the new director of education at Cuesa. Um, we do free programming for all kinds of different demographics, for different age groups. Um, we have several different pointed programs um, that are food-wise. And so we have food-wise kids and food-wise teens and food-wise families. Um, and those all are more of an in-depth um, palate education uh, for the kids. They come, it's like a field trip and they get to shop the market with tokens and choose what they want to cook. And we teach them some culinary skills and what things taste like and look like. and essentially make part of a meal together. Um, so that's really wonderful to get that kind of exposure. Um, for now, we're doing about 10% of the um, San Francisco Unified School District youth come through our program each year. So oh, that's, that's really exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge amount of kids we touch. Um, and for our teen program, it's, it's even more in-depth. They learn how to grow food at their um, urban farm or the school garden and then they prepare meals and they also harvest and then sell the food at the farmer's market. Um, we have a donation-based table that supports the program so they learn all kinds of different um, life skills, customer service, resilience, and um, then have the option to go into a fellowship so it, it becomes a job training program so that's that's our flagship program um, that we started last year that's very exciting we've never done sort of a job training piece with the food lens before and um, that's just been so wonderful to see flourish um, and for the family piece we do like assemblies we go to the schools that the teens are from and we cook with the families and it's, um, it's community building. It's really a way to sort of interact and uh, see where the community's at and what the needs are and then sort of give people access to the fresh fruits and veggies that our farmers have and, uh, you know, have conversations. So um, everything we do is super multifaceted um, and 
yeah, it's just a, it's a really exciting dynamic nonprofit. Um, outside of the Foodwise programs, we also do in-market demos with big chefs and different nonprofit partners who come in and, you know, teach us how to make a dinner for $10 with what's at the market. Um, we had Rachel Bolden Kramer with her My Food Stamps cookbook last weekend, and we have a lot of other really ingredient-driven or carbon-neutral trend-setting chefs come through um, who shop our market and then champion the farmers, and sometimes we'll have the farmers come up, come up and speak as well. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> there's so many things, but I'll yeah, talk about one more. I think we'll have to do another episode on the other programs because there is so much. I mean, when I was looking at the website, it's uh, it's really amazing what you offer. Yeah, thank you. And um, so, well, I, I'll I'll close with my uh, my favorite sort of my heart project are our panels and our their evening talks uh, open to the public. Scholarships available. They're usually about ten dollars. And um, it's a little bit more academic, a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, we get to, so the one coming up is um, all farmers and farmer facilitated. And really like what, what barriers do farmers face structurally um, with systemic oppression and racism and how do we get land access and, um, you know, climate chaos. And so, how can we best support these folks? How can we vote? How can we champion them? How can we talk about it um, with our communities? And how can we, you know, literally just give them money at the farmer's market um, by shopping local? So um, we also did a climate, uh, it was called Climate Chaos Food Solutions last month. And that was really wonderful too, um, because we're finding more and more that regenerative agriculture is a means to halt climate change um, and so the more we can get that message out there the better yes absolutely and now i'm interested in uh, how you how did you get involved in uh, food and uh, especially at Quesa, you know the intersection of sustainability equity and justice through food absolutely yeah um my entire life really has been a food path um like I said, my name's Ave, and um, it's it's a Spanish name. I'm ninth generation Californian, so my great 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 uh, grandfather had a ranch in Southern California. We grew avocados and lemons mostly, um, and my folks now make olive oil. And from the time I was a kid, I really wanted to cook. I had a, another side of my grandfather was a chef. And um, so I became a chef, I traveled, I ate, um, and I saw that while chefing is very worthwhile work and chefs are able now to have a podium for change and do, you know, champion a lot of good issues and um, give people opportunities and are connectors, um, there's a lot of injustice and there's a lot of... Um, sort of privilege and pretension in fine dining. And so, um, and I, I've done a lot of work with slow food as well. And the higher up I got um, up into, you know, three Michelin star, I just sort of had a, had something that was telling me I needed to do more. And so I went 
I kind of followed the food back to the sea, to the land, to the place where I'm from and, um, you know, the, the place where all the potential is, which is actually in the seed and, and in our soil and in our soil health and became a farmer for several years. Um, and that just absolutely changed my life and it changed the way I see the world, the way I sort of interact with humans. Um, I was always very sort of supply chain focused and interested in sustainability from that lens of deliciousness and procurement and um, really saw that it's all about, you know, other people and connections and animals and our planet and again with soil health and nutrient density. And then you know, if that's our human right, and that's the most beautiful thing we have, um, and clean water, why doesn't everybody have access to that? And how can we change the way our food system looks so that everybody has equal access? Um, and so that's become, you know, in the last 10 years, a really just... It's kind of like my my heart fight. It's it's my purpose. It's what I go back to every day. Why are we doing this? How can we do it better? Because, you know, without diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice um, in the food system, it the rest of it the rest of it doesn't seem as important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel you know, it. It's wonderful to have these amazing farmers and this wonderful supply. But if we all can't share, if we don't have the diversity and the deliciousness of our immigrants and foodways moving from migration and those flavors and really being a cultural melting pot as a country, um, then it's, yeah, it's not, it's not as exciting to me. So um, yeah, that, that, kind of changed my trajectory and and took me back to grad school for you know food politics and anthropology and all like how did we get here and how do we be, begin to dismantle um sort of the global food marketplace we've created um with cheap transportation and um how do we make it local again? How do we make it personal? How do we get people back to the land? How do we champion farming as a public service and a lifestyle, um, which it is, and it's a wonderful one. You know, my dad still works his ass off every day and um, he loves it. You know, farmers, farmers are how they are and we need them desperately. They are um, the keepers of our food supply. And so we need to not make it difficult for farmers to farm. We need to make it um, you know, there needs to be a safety net and we need to, to appreciate them and champion them for the work they do. And, you know, a lot of um, sort of the fringe or delicate food supply that we really truly need for biodiversity and just, you know, global health in many ways, environmental and for humans, um, is in the hands of, you know, indigenous populations and people of color who don't have access to the resources that some of the other farmers have. Um, so it, it's really a, you know, it's like a humanitarian issue. It's, it's a big love um, changing sort of the way we've commodified things and, and a bit of a going back to some of our 
traditional and ancestral ways of managing the land and relating to one another. Um, so that's kind of how I got back to Quesa. Um, I did some work with a nonprofit called Farming Hope. Um, there's a huge homeless crisis in San Francisco and food was the way to get people purpose, get people jobs, get people community access to food and um, really transform lives. And so doing that, I just saw what a big need it is in our urban centers, um, not just for economic development, but for mental health, for physical health, for connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Quesa has such a wonderfully large network and we're able to do um, so much more work at a larger scale and sort of plug in those elements too. So for me, it was a natural transition. Um, and yeah, I think working with the youth is so important, right? Because we have sort of so many issues as adults. And I think if a lot of us had had early food education, um, we would just have a little bit of a different culture here, especially in America. Um, and I know, you know, globally as well, um, folks who get their hands in the soil are happier. It releases serotonin. And if you get to make tamales with your grandmother or go out and pick things off the tree, it just, it opens up um, different ways of thinking about the world. And um, there's a sweetness there and there's an interconnectedness that um, we don't have, you know, in our individualistic, capitalistic consumer society. It's, it's everyone for themselves, which that's really not the way it is, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's usually uh, something that I find really interesting in asking all the people I interview is how you share your food. Because all the people I know who are involved in one way or another with food, that is a really big aspect of why you like food is the sharing. So how, how do you see that? Like in your day-to-day -day life or at Cuesa, what, uh, how can you give you know, some examples of how you share the food? Absolutely. Um, yeah, just this, this central hearth, this community table, this place we gather, um, whether it's with your family or friends or chosen family or a group of strangers, um, breaking bread, you know, and having conversations, having the hard conversations. Um, but it always starts with, you know, a potluck or us sharing food. Um, Koisa is so wonderful because we have so many farmers. We have three markets at the ferry building a week. And, you know, we have also the Mission um, Community Market in Jack London Square. So there's always bounty. Um, and I think another and another pity about the commodification and um, sort of perfection of produce now is that when you have a bounty, like last night I came home with a flat of cherry tomatoes. Um, and so I'm making a big pot of sauce and I'm having, you know, a few different groups of friends over this weekend because I have a ton of tomatoes, <laughs> you know, and they were a little bit smushed and imperfect and super duper ripe. Um, and so they can't be sold at that point, but they're so delicious. It is ridiculous, you know? And so, um, a really simple tomato sauce. And then I have other folks bring other pieces 
and we're going to probably do some healing and we're going to laugh and we're going to talk about how to change the world. And, um, you know, that's what I do personally with friends and with my family. And in a larger sense with Quesa, we're always breaking bread. There's always food on the table. Um, we rely heavily on volunteers. We always are making crudités and, you know, eating cowgirl creamery cheeses and hummus. And um, every single event we do is central, like food is central to it. And I think if you ask a lot of people why they continue to volunteer, why we have such great internships, um, and why it's why it's so wonderful to be staffed there is because we're always eating and it's always you know oh my gosh have you have you had this pluot yet you know or like mm -hmm. this varietal of strawberries is out next week and we have a flat and um, just the joy and the deliciousness because you know it can get heavy especially when you start working in social justice. Um, there are no easy answers. And, you know, speaking of sharing, we, we not only need to share food and resources and give people money and access to land, we need to share the burden of where we are in our culture. And it, it needs to not be um, that the burden is on the other to come to the table. We need to be inviting each other places and meeting each other where we are um, and so sort of this camaraderie and this sort of, you know, really being a, a, a citizen eater, um, I think I take that very seriously and sharing information, sharing what the latest farm bill is, how to read labels, um, how can we vote, because there's so much information out there um, and it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, just, and I think, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, that's okay. I was going to say it's it, it is especially important to um to talk to uh to the youth about it because it is very easy to to be focused on so many other things but as you mentioned earlier when you have some food education when you're young it just stays with you and it matters for your health it matters for the community it matters on every level for me like I I always cooked for people because I wanted to show them my love, right? Or I wanted them to like me or I wanted to take care of them. And now I see it, I still see it the same way, but I also see it as a way for joy and sharing to get people to come, to get people, um, you know, for a very basic shared experience that can become so much more. So I think with our kids and our teens and our families and our events, um, you know, and every, all the people that we touch as an org and personally, um, it's really about eating together and then the things that happen around the table. Um, and I actually learned that in Italy. I, I studied abroad there because I was called just to everything Italy stands for um, culinary wise, like the gastronomia is is just essential to their daily lives and their culture. And we would sit and we would have a meal for four or five hours and you would learn someone's entire life story. And you may be sitting next to someone you totally disagreed with, but you got to talk it out. And um, that, that just changed the way that I saw even the dinner table or the way we eat or the way we conversate. So yeah. 
I think that's super important. Yeah, absolutely. That is um, that is a big key to um, to just exchange your opinions, exchange so many kinds of information, no matter how old, no matter where you come from. I uh, I really love to sit for a long period of time at a table. Um, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, uh, what's um, what's your favorite food or your favorite tool at the moment? Hmm. Did you say tool also? Yeah. Either your favorite food or your favorite tool. What do you use in your kitchen, you know, in this season? Yeah. Um, so I'll do, I'll do the tool first because I like that question. I, I have a really great little silicone Japanese um, infuser and I've been making all these wonderful cold brew teas. And you literally just put this little, it's like an inverted cone um, in a big jar in the fridge with moringa, you know, minty green, um, I do turmeric, hibiscus, whatever blends. And you always have this amazing um, iced tea. So that was okay. maybe three dollars. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite tool. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to talk about. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to take forever. It doesn't have to be super refined all the time. But it can be just great to cook yeah. and to share. That that is the best. And then you know, as far as like a, a piece of equipment, my blender. I blend everything. I make you know, fresh turmeric, golden milk um, every day for myself as one of my food is medicine things and gazpacho, you know, chilled soups and you can blend your sofrito and, you know, it just, it makes everything so much easier when I, um, you know, doing meal prep for one or if you're cooking for a bunch of people. I, I don't actually know how we used to do things without the blender. <laughs> it's kind <Yeah>. of, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of an amazing tool. Um, yeah. And then I, my favorite food lately, I am, I am, I am just in love with raw fish of all kinds and have found some really wonderful fisher people in the Bay. Um, and I just love to eat light and crisp and fresh in the summer. So, um, you know, poke, ceviche, um, we have some great albacore. Um, I just got some wild salmon last week for my birthday, you know, had some oysters and, um, yeah, it's funny. I feel like chefs at home, uh, we cook very, very simply. It's, it's often, you know, salad with a warm component or maybe, um, yeah, I threw a duck egg on a salad last night when I got home late and, yeah, it gets it gets real, real simple when you get really busy, you know? Yeah, it can be simple, but still taste good and be good and be local and well-sourced. Absolutely. I mean, those things are imperative. Um, and so, yeah, I'd rather spend my time looking for food than cooking it at this point. But I do a lot of uh, low and slow um, I make a chile verde, um, you know, get a pork butt and, and put it in the oven overnight and things like that too so yeah that's great I mean I feel like um, you shared already so much with us but I have one more question with you is to uh, tell everyone who is listening today 
about how to get involved with the program because you say you have a lot of volunteers at Huesa. Yeah, I think we log something like 10,000 volunteer hours a year or something. Um, you know, as a nonprofit, it's really important to get yeah. the community involved. We actually had a, a volunteer orientation last night, which was really lovely. And we have all kinds of different ways to get involved. If you like to be at events, if you um, want to do culinary things, if you want to be part of our farm tours, um, even admin work, you know, you can always help us with uh, data entry and things like that. So um, there's unlimited ways to get involved at quesa.org. And um, yeah, we it, it, it's a robust website. All the programs are laid out and uh, go ahead and contact us and come in for, for volunteer orientation. We'd love to have you. And we always feed you. <laughs> and um, yeah, some of the things we That's do. That's a good you know, thing to have. Yeah, it's um, people walk away with skills and we a lot of people use us as a reference. You know, we get a lot of people in the food system will come back and say, yeah, I volunteered at Kweisa years ago and now I'm the ED of this, you know, totally radical food nonprofit. So, um, well, that's or, great. Or cooperative or I started a farm or yeah, you know, there's. There's so much great entrepreneurship here in the Bay Area and the greater Northern California. And um, it's nice to be part of the good food movement. You know, Quest has been almost 26 years, um, very central to it. And yeah, it's a, it's a really sweet uh, org to be a part of. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with us, Ave. And yeah, thank you. I'll I'll promise that I'll come to one event this this year because I I missed I missed out last year and when I saw all the events that you were offering I was like oh no but that was last month and <laughs> <laughs> schedule more often yeah please come and we have so much going on all the time so yeah just whenever you get a chance we'll be there all right well thank you so much Ave and have a good rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot and take care. Thanks, you too. Thank you everyone for listening to our weekly episode of What Gets You Cooking. If you liked it, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. That's the best way to support it. Thank you again and see you next week.